O oh Lord our God, this is a busy world that we live in, and we thank thee for an opportunity to come together quietly about the Holy Word. And we ask and pray that thou bless the same unto us. Inspire us as we meditate on it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We like to read and meditate with the Lord's help out of the Word of God as found in Acts chapter 10. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius, and when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up before, for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodged with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. And when the angel was speaking unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. <clears throat> on the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven open and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done thrice, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. Now, while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, was lodged there. 
While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Cornelius, and said, Behold, I am he whom ye seek. What is the cause whereof ye are come? They said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, and one that feared God, and of good report among all the nation of the Jews, was warned from God by an holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear words of thee. Then called he them in and lodged them. And on the morrow Peter went away with them, and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the morrow after they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them, and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him, and fell down at his feet, and worshipped him. But Peter took him up, saying, Stand up, for myself also am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, Ye know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore came I unto you, without gainsaying, as soon as I was sent for. I ask therefore, for what intent ye have sent me for me? And Cornelius said, Four days ago I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing, and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard and thine alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa, and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of one Simon a tanner by the seaside, who, when he cometh, shall speak unto thee. Immediately therefore I send to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now therefore are we all here present before God, to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. And the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all the things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us, 
who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as had come with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water, that they should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed to him to tarry certain days. I've read the whole chapter. How, <clears throat> how great is God <clears throat> and his ways past finding out. <clears throat> but he is gracious to reveal unto us the things that we need to know. The word tells us that the plan of salvation was prepared before the foundation of the world. And we see the thread throughout history how it how it evolves. God chose Israel to first of all to, to be the means by which the seed that would bless the whole world would come. The means by which Jesus Christ would come in the flesh. He also committed to them his word. He says, the oracle of God, God's word was committed unto them. And they were supposed to be a witness unto the world. In the fullness of time, in God's time, God sent his son into the world, made of a woman. God gave his son, a babe was born. And we heard much lately about the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. And after his resurrection, he told his disciples, you are my witnesses of the things that you have seen and heard. You are my witnesses, beginning at Jerusalem, Samaria, and to the end of the world. At first, the disciples stayed in Jerusalem, they didn't want to leave. And God allowed a great persecution to start with Saul so they would be dispersed, would go out as he had commanded. And they went and preached to the Jews because that's what they understood. They understood that <clears throat> 
in order to benefit from this salvation, they had to be Jews, and they went to them. And the only way you could become a Jew is to keep the law, to be circumcised, and they were called proselytes. We read about in Acts 2, at the day of Pentecost, how Jews and proselytes in Jerusalem heard them speak in different tongues the great works of God. And so they taught that it had to be the Jews, but God had intended his salvation to be offered to the whole world, everyone. And here we have the account how in his perfect plan, he brought things to pass so that the Gentiles too could hear, believe, and be saved. And God chose Cornelius, a man that feared God, did much alms, helped the poor, and it says that he was acknowledged and accepted by, the, by all the Jews around Caesarea. Remember another centurion too, Cornelius, I think it was in Capernaum, too, the Jews came to plead for Jesus when he sent to him that he would heal his servant. And he, the things he said, Jesus answered and said, I have not found so great a faith. No, not in Israel. There were those that had heard, as this Cornelius also. That's why he said later on, he says, the word you have heard from the beginning of John when he preached, you have heard. Cornelius had heard these words and was wondering now how, what to do about it. How was a Gentile going to be blessed with this salvation? And God chose Peter. Peter, a man who wanted to keep the law, who now was converted, who was one of the leaders of the Christians. But all he understood that the, he had to preach to the Jews. And anybody that wanted to become a proselyte. And we see how God works. Gently to bring around somebody that was convinced and convicted in his conscience you know, that certain things he couldn't do. He lodged with one Simon a tanner whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what the others do. Now, God sent first an angel to speak to Cornelius. But the gospel, the good news, must be proclaimed by man. 
angels can be used in God's plan to bring people to the point so they have an opportunity to hear, but the gospel has been committed to those that had received it and were converted. That's our responsibility. Our responsibility. Everyone that has become a child of God, it has been committed, commanded to be witnesses. In some form, not everybody preaches. Not everybody can do mighty works. But they must be witnesses. The gospel has been committed to man. This Cornelius right away did send a devout soldier and two of his servants. Later on it says his whole house. This man was transparent. They saw how he acted, what he did. His whole house. He was in his, even before he heard the gospel, he was an example. That's why sometimes it says his whole house, they believed and were converted. We see how God here, step by step, brings Peter to the realization and conviction turns around what was before his conviction to the truth. The word teaches that we never should go against our conscience. We heard recently it was preached about conscience. And be assured, you never should go against your conscience because if you do something against your conscience, how can you say that you are doing it with faith? And whatsoever is not of faith, what you cannot do by faith is sin. But your conscience is, so to speak, a short-term guide. And it is the word, the truth of the word, which can reveal to your conscience the real truth so that your conscience can change, can change, but only by the conviction of the Holy Spirit through his word. And that's what happened here with Peter. So as they drew near, and Peter became hungry and went up to the housetop to pray, he fell into a trance. He had a vision. Not just a dream, a real vision that we come across these terms several times in the Bible. When you see a vision, it's a very real thing to the point in another instance where Peter, when he was freed from from the jail by the angel of the Lord, was free from the jail, he thought he saw a vision when actually the things he was doing and, and doing and heard and so forth. So they're very real. So Peter had a very real vision. He fell into a trance. <clears throat> and here comes a, 
the heaven opened and a certain vessel descending unto him, as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners, let down to the earth, wherein were all manners of four-footed beasts of the earth and beasts, wild beasts and creeping things and fowl of the air, things that the Jews were commanding the law they should not eat. There were certain things that they could eat and others which they could not eat. And even nowadays, you hear about kosher food, and usually those foods that are approved, they have a little sign, I think it's a, a circle and a U. And there are different schools, of course, the rabbis that approve and testify also. We have observed the preparation and the ingredients and, and how everything was done, and therefore we approve this is kosher, and they usually pay more for that kind of thing. And I think it's probably going to be, we're going to eat more kosher food because they are less messed with. <clears throat> so here that was obvious something that Peter said, I cannot do. And God insisted and did it three times. I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, what God had cleansed that call not thou common. What God had cleansed, don't call it unclean. It really made think, Peter, what is this about? And it brings to mind how serious a matter it is when we call a brother or a sister a fool. But God had cleansed, don't call common. In Matthew, I think it is, where we are warned, and if you call your brother a fool, thou art in danger of hellfire. So it's a very serious thing when we call a brother something like that. But God had cleansed, call not thou common. <clears throat> this was a real shocker for Peter, and was wondering what was, was going on. And right away, there were the people sent from Cornelius at the door and asking for Peter. And Peter received the message. The Spirit told him, said, there are men seek for you, and you go with them and don't doubt commandment was clear. Peter understood that. So he, he, they lodged them in that place. And we see that's accepted as thus far. <clears throat> so then when he asked them why, why did it come, they related to him the things that Cornelius had experienced and why he had sent them. And Peter then accepted them. And the following day, they right away went to Caesarea. Now, Caesarea, <clears throat> by the seaside, built by Herod the Great, we saw it last March, was the seat of the governor that was his residence, the Roman governor of Judea. Jesus is not recorded that he ever went to Caesarea. But this centurion, at Caesarea, and he must have been an important uh, officer in order to be 
in Caesarea itself and be called the, the Italian band, a distinction where the governor was probably watching over him, his safety. <clears throat> and he had heard the things that were going on in Judea. It was no secret. Apostle Paul had to tell, was it Felix said, these things did not happen in a corner. They are well known. All those things that happened, including the crucifixion, but the resurrection itself was witnessed by the disciples. That's why he says, <clears throat> you know these things, and that he was resurrected, and he was shown not to everyone, but unto us, which ate with him and walked with him after his resurrection. Forty days, forty days, they interacted with Jesus after he resurrected. <clears throat> so he goes with them. And we are witnesses of all the things which he did put in the land, and he starts talking to them. And we see that Cornelius invited all his relatives and friends. You know, this in itself was an open confession. I remember when I before I converted and sort of watched. And yes, wanted it. But it was not until I made an open confession that I wanted it did I make any headway in my conversion. That I admitted this is what I want more than anything else. As long as you keep it hid, as long as you expect a ray from above to to startle you and say, oh, no, it touches me. No, you can wait all you want. Maybe God is gracious and lets you have a soul experience, which, by the way, was a very tough experience because the Lord told Saul, he says, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Is that what you're asking? Or is it enough to hear and ask God for faith to believe. But there comes a time when you must confess openly that's what you want. And there was no problem with Cornelius. He invited his relatives and all, because now they're going to hear what God had commanded this Simon Peter to tell him. <clears throat> and he thought it was so important That when he came in, he fell at, at his feet and worshipped him. That's a no-no. Only God is worshipped. Only God. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Only God has the right and remains worship. We see that in the Old Testament already. It was only when the angel of the Lord spoke and appeared that worship was accepted. Even in the Revelation, the angel that revealed those things unto John, when John fell at his feet and wanted to worship, don't do it, worship God. Yet Jesus Christ, while he walked on this earth, accepted worship. That in itself should be evidence to everyone that Jesus, yes, was God come down in the form of flesh. 
the Son of God. He accepted worship. And Peter rehearsed unto them, says, you know that it's not lawful for us to, to come into your house and, 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 and fellowship with you. You know, but God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore, I came unto you without gainsaying, without resisting. As soon as I was sent for, I asked him for what intent you have sent me for. You know, still, Peter was wondering why. Why? Cornelius had sent him and said, I'm sending for you to come to tell us what God commanded you. Peter was very cautious, and, and we can see it. It was wisdom that Peter was cautious. He even had some of the Jews come with him to Cornelius. Later on in the next chapter, we read that at least six Jews were with Cornelius, with Peter when he visited Cornelius. So Cornelius again tells them what had happened. Send therefore to Joppa and call hither Simon, whose name is Peter, which is lodged in the house of Simon the Tanner, by the sea, who when he cometh shall speak unto thee. And they immediately sent. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of person, but in every nation he that feareth God and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. In the Old Testament we read, The eyes of the Lord go to and fro, seeking if there's anyone that asks after him. Is there anyone that fears God? You know, you may not know much about God, but you realize that he's a mighty one. He has created heaven and earth. He's to be feared. And it's good for us to have a healthy fear. You know, when you hear so much said about love, 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 but no fear, you wonder. Because with God, you stand in awe. Even John the beloved disciple, when he saw Jesus in Revelation, in the vision, he fell down and trembled and feared. Who are you? You cannot approach casually God. You should not approach casually God. That goes also when we come here together to worship. You want to worship God, casuality has no place. And then Peter starts and, and tells them, you know, the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. The word I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea, began from Galilee after the baptism of John preached. You know, these things did not happen in a corner. They were known to everyone that was there, even the Romans. But some of them, reacted awfully. We see that at the cross, how they mocked Jesus, if you are king of the Jews, so forth. But there were also Romans and even high officers that feared God, that feared God. 
how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all the things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree during the Passover when millions gathered together. During the Passover, it was known. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be judge of the quick and the dead, those that are alive at that time and even those that have died already. He is the judge ordained by God. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision, the Jews that came with Peter, which believed, were astonished as many as came with Peter because of that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now God said, finally, his full intention. Peter could go, first was told to go with his men, go into their house, which he said was unlawful according to the law for him, but God had showed him otherwise. And then when he heard what he said, he said, oh, God accepts. But now God poured out the Holy Ghost upon them that heard him. That's the final seal, how God has accepted the Gentiles. Something that was very hard for the Jews to accept. It's very hard, even for those that were disciples already, that had the Holy Ghost. It was hard for them to accept. And God did now put his seal on it. And they were astonished. Because they heard him speak in the different languages, magnifying the great works that God has done. And they remembered how that happened with them. Now, things were not over yet. Because then when Peter went up to Jerusalem, then he had to face all those believers that still thought it had to be by the law. But thanks be to God and the prudence that God allowed in Peter He had six witnesses with him, Jews, that had heard and seen what had happened. And then they referred to the scripture. And and see, in the scripture, he opened their eyes that they understood in the scripture, God has prophesied that already. But it was hid still to them. Now it was clear. And now they could go to the Gentiles. There were still some Jews that felt it hard. But Paul, formerly Saul, became then the instrument of God to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. But God chose Peter to open that door. And it wasn't long ago when I think we had it from this pulpit too on Ephesians. uh, 
how that division was taken away. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore remember that ye being at the time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by them, which is called a circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who had made both one and had broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And that's how the Gentiles, that's us, became part of that body of Jesus Christ. Members on it. Members on it. God's marvelous ways. God uses ways and means even of people that hate him to accomplish his work. There had to be somebody to crucify him, and they were plainly willing to do so. God uses people, but he wants to use people that willingly worship him, that willingly do his bidding, that are willing to hear what he tells them. And he speaks to us through his word. The word is 100%. Our conscience is conditioned. It was cleansed when we were forgiven, but still can have some notions other than God's ways, as we see here. As we see here. Let's be, let's walk humbly with him. Let's trust that he will reveal his will if we are willing to listen. But in the meanwhile, also, let's walk with a good conscience. To him be all the honor and glory evermore. Amen. It is a great God whom we serve. When we look at the record in the Gospels and then the Acts, the people that came to Jesus came from all walks of life. And those that came to believe and accept this great salvation they were publicans, they were harlots, they were, they were rich people, they were poor people, they were Roman high officers, all walks of life. And God, out of these, made one. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, all one. Even now, from different walks of life, people that would not associate in this world because of their status or stigma or whatever one or the other had, yet can become one in Christ, in one body. The resurrection is Jesus Christ, the body of Jesus Christ, those that are in him.
And if we talk lightly about a brother or a sister, what, how does God look upon if we talk lightly about the church, the body of Christ? You know, in the time that we live in, the respect for the church has diminished much. The respect for the leadership has diminished much. Do we feel free to talk lightly about it? Do we see problems or are we part of the solution to encourage others by our walk, by what we do, by what we say? He's very gracious, the Lord, and it, to me it's a mystery how God brings all these things to pass in his plan of salvation, but yet we have a free will to choose. We can only say what the Bible says. May the Lord bless his word on us. To him be all the honor and glory evermore. Amen. Please conclude our service.